What the fuck is self Clark? UPS after like 7 p.m. is a Lord of the Flies like community. What the hell does that mean? In terms of, <laughs> there is complete anarchy. Mm. And like you watch the realization of people like deciding that they have to do things on their own. Like, oh, like, oh none of this hilarious. matters. Tracking isn't real. And they just lose it. Like I used to think that it was just my area of town or something where I was like, people are always wild in here. Like, why are people always losing it? And it took two years of just like UPS being horrible to be like, oh no, they push people to this point. And then they convene us all into this customer (laughs) service center where one person, God bless their soul, has to deal with like six people on the brink. Angeles County's whole problem. Like it's just one person. Watch like, Big old men decide to exert their dominance in certain ways. That's why I say Ooh. Lord of the Flies. Like, I start trying to calm people down and listen to their stories when I don't care. Sometimes uh, there's people in there that are straight up insane. Like, you don't even know how they have an address to receive a package <laughs> at. Like, how do you live somewhere? Last oh, night, wow. Last night was an experience. <laughs> um, well, Tell me about it. Tell me about it. No. Okay, so basically... And I'm only saying that because we were supposed to record, so I'm glad that we're recording We were supposed now. to talk last night, <laughs> but um, last night in the proverbial universe in which this show... In the in the, uh, the uh, uh, self-core cinematic universe... Uh, self-core podcastic... Pod- podcastic universe, uh, Katrina and I were supposed to record last night, but she was like, I have to leave in a little bit. And then you told me, I was like, oh, I thought you were going to go do a show or that you had, I just thought you had plans, but I didn't know if it was UPS no, was, was schooling with you. I home all day specifically so I would have been able to record last night and then watched the, like, responded like a dog every time a truck rolled by my front window, just waiting for UPS all day. And then I saw him. A hopeful dog. Yes, a hopeful dog saw him, put my mask on, was like, <laughs> again, like a dog waiting at my front door, like waiting for a knock that never came. And then I turned around and he was just gone. And then I looked at my phone and it was like, sorry, we missed you. And I lost my mind. So <laughs> you were like, I'm here. That's what, oh my gosh. And also, God bless, like the outsourced woman in Iran or wherever. That had to deal with me being like, I was right here. I was right here the whole time. <laughs> like, oh, so you had to you had to get on the phone with the call center yeah. afterwards. And then she was like, Oh no, we'll just go there and you can pick it up at seven. So she was like, You can pick it up at seven, but don't go until they call you. And I was like, Got it. So they called me and they were like, You can come after seven. And I was anytime between seven and eight. And I was like, Okay. So I come at seven and they're like, Oh, that guy has six more stops and he's where you just left. Like, they just tell everyone to come there for, like, a, like, timeshare-like bait-and-switch where then you're stuck (laughs) for your package. You belong to us now. Yes. So I went to Wendy's and came back, like, happy and high with a lemonade. And, like, (laughs) everyone that was there and did not leave was just, like, 10 clicks angrier. (laughs) Mm, mm. And so I was like, yeah, civilization breakdown. (laughs) <laughs> That's great. I mean, it is definitely a microcosm of the way things are, you know. Um, but also, like, it's a great example of where you are in your life, <laughs> I think, right now, right? 
Because that's sort of like the, why does everyone else have control over me? Is what I kind of hear coming right. out of that. Right, and that's like everyone freaking out. And then other people sharing their stories of, oh, you seem like you're just realizing that we have no control. I have been here multiple times and I'm very aware that we have no control and like sharing their other UPS horror stories. Like, try oh, you mean to the people make, that were in the line with yes, you? Yes, like everyone oh. immediately just trying to help each other find a new homeostasis in the frustration. Get specific. Because, I want to hear. <laughs> well, like, okay, so like I immediately, he was like, yeah, your package is not like that guy. It's on a truck, but he's not going to be here. So I left. The guy behind me had already told me how they had his packages for so long. And because of COVID, he hadn't been able to get there. And he was like, so I don't know where my stuff is. But like, I know we had, we both also knew that UPS was kind of wild. Um, <laughs> and then I, when he was like, oh, you have a while, like you could come back before. Like he was like, you can come back in like 40 minutes. Oof. And what they yeah. really want you to do is come back the next day. But I was like, oh, no, I'm in. They like, give you like a weird amount of time that they think is just like, what's a, yes! what's and, long enough, what's short enough that yes. she'll be like, maybe I'll wait, but long enough that she'll be like, oh, I can't fucking stay here. Which Fo is again, Come back in 40. Which is again, like people <laughs> in a conspiracy theory way, people being tested where they're just like, oh, how long will you protest? And people are like, oh no, I'll be here all night. Oh, like, oh, oh, like, oh, oh. I was oh. like, oh no, I'll leave, but I'm coming back. And then another guy after me, he was like, okay, your guy has six stops. And then another guy, he goes, your guy has 15 stops. And he goes, oh no, I'll come back. And like, it's just the idea of being like, you did not get me. I will get what I came here for tonight. I don't care if it's eight or 10. I am not going back home. Without what I came here for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one, I've had to do that once at a FedEx. Because they do, <laughs> they test you. They test you. They're just kind of like, they give you like this weird ass obstacle course. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, I remember going out of my way. First of all, this FedEx is also across the street from a police station. And I remember that because the one time I had to file a damn police report. I also had to go to that police station and they did that shit to me too. Mm. So you they, were like... They, 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 they audibly block. sighed when I walked in the door. The police. I mean, I came in there and they're like... <sighs> like they were about to And they were all looking close. at the clock. No, yeah, they were. They were. <laughs> they were. Look, I'm busy. I was like, look, if I'm going to go to the goddamn police station, I'm going to go at five. And like I got there at 4.45, Right. And they looked at me like, oh. But they don't actually close. I don't it's something, It was like a shift change or some shit. The dude I was just trying to get me to come saying, back. He was just kind of like, like <laughs> can you, can, can we, oh, man, I'm going to have to call. Can you, can you come back tomorrow? I'm like. Like he's got. He wants me to not come back. But like, this is the police station. And he's got the vibe of the girl who a couple of days ago, when I tried to go to Sally's Beauty Supply, Unlocked the door and was like, do you know what you want? Like, this is... <laughs> oh, yeah. That is, that is the thing. Levels I got of nothing left to give. Yes, exactly. I used to have a joke, something that was like... Um, I don't remember what it was. It was like some something like McDonald's closes at 11. Mm -hmm. But psychologically, they close at 10. Like it's they're yes. open for another hour oh where no one is God. no one is You're present. So right, because <laughs> I that was body. from that 
is physically here, but my mind shut down. Like, you haven't been able to get anything above a Sprite refill out of me for 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because also, like, did you never lived in New York, right? No. There was a 24-hour McDonald's in Times Square. There were a couple, there were a couple 24-hour mm-hmm. McDonald's in New York. But that Times Square McDonald's? <laughs> Just you saying it. Do you that see way, my it, face? Yes, it look your face looks like how I feel about the Popeyes in Hollywood. I didn't. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, because I and that remember at like nine. Yeah, because <laughs> it's so wild. Yeah, In and Out was not gross. I, I remember. I mean, like that one in Hollywood. You know, on Hollywood and Orange. I would go there sometimes late, late, late. But it's just so, it's like right in the middle of everything. Yes. And everyone's I've, like, I've only been there like in necessity in between mics and got yes. hit on there in the form of condiments. <laughs> you got hit on in the form of, and here's some extra ketchup. Yes. Like just shoveling in buffalo and some sauce honey while mustard. asking me what I'm doing after this. And I was like, can you please just give me my tenders and let me be on my way? <laughs> All I'm saying is in and out treats their employees very well. They have benefits. Okay? That's a, they, they, that's a company that treats their employees well, from what I know. <laughs> so anyway, Katrina, this is um, self-quar, by the way, is what you're listening to, yeah. if you didn't know. Hi, everyone. Um, <laughs> hi, everyone. This is Baron Vaughn, and this is Katrina Davis over here on the ones and twos. <laughs> I don't even know. Threes and fours. Um, so... Katrina, wow, that's, I mean, that UPS story is a big, I don't want to say a big reveal. I came in hot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I like it. I like it. I guess I'm just thinking about like, okay, so yesterday, the the the, the verdict, <laughs> yes, the verdict for the Chauvin trial um, was he was found guilty on all charges. The murderer of... Uh, George Floyd, as we all know. But um, it kind of changed the temperature of something. I can't put my mm-hmm. finger on it, but I don't know like what it— Like we got one? Say what? Like we got one. <laughs> Is that what you felt? I mean, I feel like that's what the relief or whatever that people were expressing— I would feel like as is like you got one like uh it's kind of like an underdog story. Like I read that that's the first time a police officer in Minnesota has been charged with anything in terms of like their excessive force or murder of a citizen. Mm. So the idea that that's the First time is like, yeah, just people seeing that it's possible at all to win one. Because I feel Mm. like we would have just like, and even not like, oh, conspiracy, because I feel like it was, I feel like they did uh, even just the closing arguments in terms of just sticking to like the logic of like you said, what we all saw. But I think also that they were afraid people were going to like watts out if it was just like that obvious that we cannot get a win, that we cannot get justice. Who was afraid that people were going to watch out? Uh, 
like just not knowing which way the verdict was going to go and people boarding up their businesses. And this, oh, that, yeah. Nothing. Preparing. Right, 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 right. The quote unquote quiet before the storm. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to get all cue in this piece, but you know what I'm talking <laughs> oh, about. Oh, no. That's going to, that hashtag going to open up a whole new <laughs> demographic for the pod. Cue um, in this piece. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I do feel like people were just like, oh, yeah, like we got one. And even mm. that, like you're saying, the tension of not knowing whether or not we were going to get one and that breaking can go one of two ways. Is people being like, oh my gosh, thank God. And that initial release turning into joy of like, this is it, you guys. Now this, now that this is going to happen. And thinking that, ever, like, this is kind of like the beginning of a downhill, you know what I mean? And I mm. love the idea of that level of optimism. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of more realistic people were just like, yeah, the idea that we all had mm-hmm. to wait 300 some odd days and still hope for that that hard in itself is kind of only but so joyous. <sighs> Right, right. And then on on the same day, another mm-hmm. person was killed. Even if you did try to feel that for a second, it was like, I now present to you. And it's just, um, well, I'll tell you this. Let me push you on this, Katrina, because I, mm-hmm. I you, you kind of do this comedian thing sometimes mm-hmm. where you, I ask you what you think, and then you tell me what you think about what everybody else thinks. Mm. You said some people think this and other yeah. people think that. Yeah. But um, I didn't hear what you think. I think, oh, I guess I felt like... Um, yes. A combination of those things. Because it was like, even if you want to feel happy for a second, I a, me, a reality immediately set in mm-hmm. in terms of, Oh, he was found guilty. Great. And then thinking of, okay, the alternative to that was people believing exhaust fumes as a theory. Like, yeah, he better have been guilty because the alternative is a level of bias that I don't is so inexcusable. I don't know where my mind would have gone. Mm. So I'm only able to give, but so much credit mm. for what should have happened, in my opinion. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's why the closing arguments I appreciated so much because it was just like his boss said that this was wrong. This person mm-hmm. said this was wrong. All of these people said this was wrong. Like, why the fuck are we even here? So the fact that we would then just, like, go over above and beyond patting people on the back for the outcome that made the most sense is, like, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah. Like, it is kind of, I think, in my idea of being hard on people. Like, yeah, you did what you should have done. What do you want? Mm, Like, mm. I'm proud. Yes, I am happy. But you shouldn't get any more than that. What happened, like, the justice that should have, not even justice, the 
mm, punishment that should have been dealt out by the rules that we all set up should have happened, <laughs> happened. And now you want me to do fucking backflips? And it's like, nah. And even if I was going to be that excited, like you said, how many hours did it take for you to immediately get reminded of how many or how many cases would be yeah. left if they even got seen? How many tapes would enrage us if they weren't hid and deleted? They fucking tried to hide Ahmad's shit. Like, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was only but so happy before, you know. But that's the thing is that like anyway. I guess the thing is that like this corruption, this is so expected, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's so because the police are like a religious military. They're like a, a military cult. They're even like scarier than the actual military, you know, like so it's kind of because they're here. So it's like seeing this this the country are like the military the police basically and this is what I think also is almost admirable about people who just like immediately bow down to authority in any way in terms of mm-hmm. their level of support of like authority and police in general but I feel like the police are really what we condone and support the military doing to other people that we don't see all the time anyway other countries yes so the idea that some people would still be like yeah they deserve to do that to you too is kind of them sticking to their guns no pun intended does that make sense? I actually think like, that the pun was intended. If you love authority that much, then like I, the, I don't expect you to not love it when it's happening to people that you share your neighborhood with. Well, and this is where we start to get into that, I guess, what racial justice is in a global sense as mm-hmm. well, right? Because we do have um, a global South that are essentially the poor countries, note the skin color of all the people in those countries, right? And then we have the very rich North. So it's kind of like what we do, it's microcosm, macrocosm Mm -hmm. stuff, I guess, you know, where it's kind of like, especially because the, you know, I mean, people have been talking about this for years about the, you know, the, the, the militarization of the police and how they have tanks and how they have all of these things that, Police weren't supposed to have, but how many people that used to be in the military have joined the police? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of like this loop. And when I say they're like a religious military because they have the political power of a church, except a church in like a, a different society where the church was like a I would po- say political they also structure. Have like- a godlike moral alliance. They in do the way that like someone would view like a priest that's a family member. In, oh, like, that is thing. absolutely true. That is absolutely true. There has been a concerted effort to kind of make us worship them in some sort of way. And as the and as the religious, more religious right people, especially like the conservative Republican people, you know their fear and all their anxiety heaved onto us. You know, they see that they're us black people. That is, they see that they see the police as their saviors, their literal saviors, an yeah. angel. Yeah. But yeah. it's still always about 
property because it's like who mm-hmm. the, who is it? Okay, we don't have to get too deep into this <laughs> because it's like it's so frustrating. Because I was gonna say that everything that you just said mm-hmm, and everything mm-hmm. that I dealt with at UPS does make me think of what you and Amy touch on in this episode um, and realizing how close you are to the edge sometimes. <laughs> and her crying in the Target. Um, because You mean you general? General you? Uh, yes, us. The us being that close to the brink and still having to be out in the world mm-hmm. doing regular stuff because I also was in a Target and there were a bunch of lines where, like, there were, like, three lines with, like, a lady trying to return open socks for her grandchild. Just, like, a bunch of people taking too long, clogging up all the lines. <laughs> so then okay. there were a bunch of people with, like, not a lot of stuff trying to fast track it. <laughs> and a lady asked me, oh, ma'am, could I help you on number nine? And the lady in front of me just goes, actually, you know what? I've been waiting forever. Could I go? And the lady goes, um, yeah, sure. And she'd kind of like already started moving her card towards her line. And the Target employee kind of looked at me like, uh, bitches, am I right? Like the kind of... (laughs) Just like that knowing. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, well, that's fucked up, but... And I had to sit there and take like a full five minutes of being like depressed and being like, I need to do yoga when I go back home. And I had no idea how close I was. Uh, And I replayed in my head like five times her voice going, actually, could I just go? I was like, oh, no, like this is affecting me in a way that it should not. And so I immediately thought of um, that when she said that. (laughs) No, but that's one of those things. Uh, let, let me, uh, that's one of those things though, because it's kind of like that's a microaggression, mm-hmm. right? Because you just didn't exist to that person. Is that right? Because I always hear microaggression, oh, okay, and no, that's one of those words that people okay, go. Look, I will also expand on this story to show why I mm. understood, but still did not appreciate the tone. Uh, okay. <laughs> Because, like I said, everyone was moving around in all these lines. So I had already oh. gotten asked into, like, a less people stuff line. But then that lady's card wasn't working. So I had already gotten asked into, like, a new line. So from her point of view, everyone is asking me if I need to be helped. So she was really speaking up for herself. Okay. But in that same way, I had, like, three things, and she still could have just, like, gone after me and been done just as fast because she had, like, a bunch of stuff. So her still being like, you know what? No, was still taking more for herself than I would have taken from her just, like, letting me go. Mm. But I did understand her being like, no, I'm doing this. But to me, it was just, like, hit because of what Amy said. All of these things that I did not, all of these aggressions that I did not realize I was taking in and suppressing was just like, like you said, like, oh, fuck me, right? Like me and the employer looking at each other like, you see my basket with like 
a car. Like the only reason I was there is because I was buying lighters and you, I thought they would check my ID. I would have gone to self-checkout. This is really getting into the story, but. <laughs> I like details though. That's my, that's my thing. Like my, I think we were both looking at each other like regardless. You had lighters and she was like, I have to go before you. Right. So I feel like that's what me. What do you have? A dollar fifty worth of stuff? Yes. No. I have a hundred fifty dollars like, worth of stuff. And so me and the cashier, I think we're kind of looking at each other like, you know what? Fine. But also Why? again having to be because I could have been like, mm, she mm. asked, she wasn't speaking to you. Like she asked me, this lady is also holding me up. Like I'm also just as ready to leave. Mm-hmm. In terms of how long you think you've been waiting mm-hmm. and what that mm-hmm. feels like when I actually got here before you. Yeah, but she that's the other that's the and other thing. Like, that I'm happens. just gonna go home and do yoga. Uh, no, people always it's like that thing when you are driving and someone behind you honks and you're oh like, gosh. are they honking at me? Or no. someone in front of you is doing some shit exactly. and they think it's you. I've had people, I've had people fly around me because they think I'm making a, like I'm holding up traffic. Yes. And then, and then crash into the person that was actually doing the shit. And I'm like, sucks to be you. Oh my God. I've but seen it happen. It was hilarious. And I was just talking to someone the other day about this where you will honk and then the person directly in front of you will like flick you off. And it's like, we're both so far back. Mm-hmm, that you should mm-hmm. know this is a collective honk. Like, I'm honking for you. I'm honking because you're a step closer to this <laughs> and you're not acting. But like, a honk is always perceived as aggressive. I know. And that is also, which I know people have talked about this multiple times, but, like, we need degrees of honk. Because <laughs> I feel like you can have a car that has a honk that will never We need honk express. commandments. Yes, because you, you will, like, if you drive a Prius, your honk is never going to command the rage that you need it to. But then if you drive, like, a Buick, you can never just say, excuse me. And I feel <laughs> like everyone needs to have And that. if you drive a Hummer. They need range. Honks need range. Yes, that's very funny. I also think that that is true for headlights because I don't know why everybody decided that bl- full blinding LEDs okay. were the thing that needed why? to happen. And I know that my car is a thousand. We're just getting so deep, deep into driving culture. Don't why you see what we do? Is everyone's headlight like the birthplace of every ring light? Like this blinding, <laughs> almost blue. Like, UFO-like light coming at me, and I can't deal with it. It's because they're inexpensive and energy efficient, so they, I, as far as I understand, but... We're really we don't, going on a tangent. We, we are going on a tangent, but, but I love tangents. <laughs> That's part of my thing. This so, is anyway. This car talk episode? Keep going. It, yes, car talk. Cars <laughs> with Katrina. My mom loves car talk. Your mom loves car talk? Yes! Oh. <laughs> moms. And now, here's Amy. You know, this has been a, for lack of a better word, weird-ass year. For sure. And it has brought, I don't know how many things into focus, you know, um, like an apocalypse should. 
uh, yeah, bring a lot yeah. of things into focus that thinking we've been standing life, thinking on. Thinking about death, thinking about zombies. Yes. <laughs> well, but you know, but also just about like, well, the bullshit that we as a country have been standing on, you know, that it's not like this shit hasn't been known, but it blew up in everyone's face, you know, Completely. in a way that I don't think I could have called. You know, I knew it, something like this had to happen, but I didn't know it was going to be like yeah. this. But as you know, people are like mobilized. People are learning. Yeah. People are out there doing shit, you know, and, a lot, and because of that, there's that attitude of like feeling like you have to be doing something, you know, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. What have you been doing? Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, how have you been doing? Oh, oh, wow. I really thought you were about to ask me, what have I been doing? And I'm like, uh, uh, giving the causes, um, staying <laughs> informed. Um, yeah, how <laughs> have I been doing? Um, you know, ups and downs, ups and downs. For the most part, uh, work has been so crazy that it's provided like actually a pretty nice distraction because we're right now we're in production. And mm. when everything popped off last summer, uh, we were in the room. And I have to be honest, it was actually like a saving grace to get to mm. have work to go to because I work with black people. So it was like two days. We took the day off um, that the George Floyd incident happened. And then when we came back to work, it was like we all logged <laughs> into Zoom and all like looked at each other. Yeah. And like we were like crying, you know, and it was just yeah. like, is anyone OK? No. And, but it actually was really nice to be able to look at black people and not have to, we didn't have to have the talk about it because we all knew it, <laughs> you know? And so it, it, it actually got me through work really was like, I think a lot of black people did not have that because a lot of us don't work in those spaces. So I felt really blessed. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, and I'm a person who, who, you know, I, I'm fortunate when I, you know, there's more than just me around sometimes, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the places I be. Yeah. Um, luckily, though, by that time, obviously, I love that you called it the George Floyd incidents, most understated. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, the GFI like that like uh, Coachella, like it's just like a thing that happens every year. But it literally I know. But and that's what OK. Yeah. And that's what this even for me, this whole podcast was born out of what you know, yeah. I didn't have what you had. You know, everything I had been doing was shut down by that time. Right. And so it's kind of like, I, you know, I don't know that I was expecting shit like this to not be happening while the pandemic was happening. Yeah. But it was like, it's dangerous to be in other people's space, yet they just yes. had to kill this man. They were just like... Yeah. I know, but I love yeah. being a murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> it's a trial yeah. happening right now. But, um, and so what I did was I kept checking in with my personal people, you know, my family, my friends, my, mm-hmm. my, the black people that I keep the closest to me, you know, um, just checking in to see how people were, especially because people are all over the country. You know, people, right. everyone's not in L.A., and I just wanted to see how people were, you know, like, mm-hmm. are you okay, <laughs> you know, right now? And it's because yeah. I know I'm not. No, hell no. It was like, I, I I, mean, yes, I was physically at work, but mentally I was gone. Like, we're all just like gone. And I remember I had like, I had a screenplay that was like due the week after and I... Mm. 
emailed them was like, it's going to be a while. Expect it like end of summer, early fall. Because I was like, I have to like heal. I can't just be making vagina jokes right now. Like I kind of got to like, you know? <laughs> and so, and that was hard. Like, especially like, I, I always pride myself on being very productive and prolific. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm a writer and I like, I love the process. I love to write. And so mm-hmm. generally if I say something's due, it's going to be due. And if they're going to get it and having to like talk to my team and be like, Hey, yo, I'm like mad broken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like not okay. Um, so like it's gonna be a minute till you hear from me. And like literally just having to own that, that like mm. in all of us, even people who aren't actually in creative fields, all of us uh have a part of us that's an artist. And I and I yes. say that to mean like artist is the part of you that that like feels the most and is empathic mm-hmm. and and needs care. And we yes. all have that. And, um, mm-hmm. and lots of times like society tries to crush that and like, oh, you're an accountant, but it's like somewhere that accountant is going to like be jammed into Coltrane on the weekends or like spend <laughs> a little extra time folding his sweaters because he likes them to be a perfect square. Whatever that thing is, that part of you is that artist part of you. And mm. that part of us all needed healing. Um, no mm-hmm. matter what we were doing in our day to day, we could be at Target. And I remember literally going to Target and just like crying because I couldn't find the toilet paper. And I was like, where are you? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not crying because of the toilet paper. I'm crying because no, 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 I'm no, no, no. feeling. <laughs> the toilet paper was like a needle taken to a balloon. It's just yes. kind of like, no, no, no. This was a, this was a water filled balloon. It's been, yes. I've been putting my tears in here and the toilet I'm paper like, just. You, you only have up and up. Where's the shirt? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I didn't up. come all this way for one Um <laughs> Now, let me ask you this, because, you know, you're talking about that artist part of ourselves. And let me let me put this on you, you know, because we have to be in our minds and we have to live in our heads and kind of be present with our emotions and our multiple selves, you know, Mm -hmm. that we are either translating to a script or a role or just any any kind of thing. But we're always kind of going back to, you know, that well Mm -hmm. that that only gets filled up by living life but sometimes when you are a person whose job it is to uh explain life (laughs) you know aka a writer like when you're like okay how do people talk a certain way like what kind of stories do you know like then if you spend a lot of time doing that sometimes you don't get as much time to live your life Mm -hmm. and then when something like this happens on top of it this you know, just like all of the the different problems and kind of psychological falling swords that are coming at us that we got to dodge. My right. question is, how do you feel? What do you do to get normal or to get some sort of sane? You know, like yeah. what what is it that works for you to get to that neutral place to disengage and be like, all right, I need to take care of me. What does that mean for you? I mean, I don't know. I think what uh, what I have tried to do, I actually got a TikTok account so I could watch <laughs> what I call what I call I call it normal people TikTok and normal people Instagram because hmm. I, I follow a lot of like people who do what I do, like my friends, yeah. you know, writers and and like and I like to watch like go on the explorer page on Instagram or whatever and watch like 
hair videos of someone like doing hair. Like I get obsessed with like people doing braiding videos. I find it very hmm. soothing to watch like a, a braid. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, it's so neat. And everyone turns out the same. It like restores order, you know, hmm. in this weird way. And so I'll like scroll and go to normal people TikTok and see like a black kid with his like black dad and white mom doing a dance together. And I'm just like, somewhere there's joy. And it's so weird. <laughs> like I'm, it's literally that. And I'm like, I don't know if I ever really get back to neutral. I feel like it goes back to what is it? The Baldwin phrase, like to be semi-conscious is to be semi-angry all the time or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, so I'm like, mm-hmm. we're always like the whole. To be black like, and like, conscious, something like that. That's it. To be black and conscious yeah. is to be a little angry all the time. And like, we're all like on the verge of hulking out. Like someone talked to me wrong. It might be a problem. But I try and get the buzz to its lowest level by engaging mm-hmm. with things that are normal. And that meant like watching older shows like that took place pre-quarantine that had nothing to do with quarantine because there was like this influx of content that was like people on screen being like, we're in a quarantine. And you're like, I know. I don't want to watch this show. And it's a hard, it's a hard balance too, because I feel like you know, obviously everybody was trying to figure out like how yeah. to capitalize on the quarantine, but yeah. I believe it's tragedy plus time. Yeah. We're all, we were all still yeah, in the middle of it. We don't have mm-hmm. a yeah. vision. You know, we don't yeah. have a take on what might have happened to me, us, yeah. society. But um, I started to get resentful of shit that, that, uh, in which people weren't wearing masks. And we're just oh, hanging yeah. out at a barbecue. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Don't they know? They would hug. They would hug on the I'd be like, no, like, turn this off. Like, I can't watch up. this. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I definitely watch, like, scenes and I'm like, it's too crowded in there. <laughs> I'm just like, something's going to go wrong. There's too many people. Now, would you say that you're a person that does a lot of, you know, because you said you, you, you do a lot of writing, you know, and you and you're, and you're good at deadlines. That's that's like a double brag. Used to be. And I mean, uh, what are you saying? This year. Used to be. This last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's what humanity does. Yeah. So, and that's my question. It seems like you're very productive, you know, and you, you said prolific. And I, I guess I'm just curious about, like, the things that you do to step away, you know, and I get that TikTok is one of those things, but there was a time before... Uh, TikTok or an Instagram, you know, Mm -hmm. these were the like, Amy needs to go be Amy, you know, back in the day where you went somewhere or had to see something or do something. And I'm curious, like, do you, do you know those things? Could you talk about joy? Yeah. So what activities bring you joy? What, what, some other activities? Activities that bring me joy. Um, I mean, in the olden times, travel was a big one. I actually like love a long flight leading mm. up to a great destination. I like the flight. I ride on flights. Planes are like my hack. And that's what the Weird. pandemic has taken from me. It's like, I can't <laughs> ride on planes. It's literally like being able to sit on a plane with no Wi-Fi and you know, I've got 10 hours ahead of me. Let's write this screenplay. I have broken so many stories on planes. Like, wow. The best part is once you get to where you're going, you don't have to work. Like, you get there and you're like, I get to enjoy it and I'm going to finish this on the plane right back. And so, because uh, you don't even think about it. That's like a beautiful revision cycle. Yeah. And, and wow. your brain is still working on it, but it's like, oh, that thing that you didn't crack in the plane, <laughs> marinate on it while you're looking at these dolphins or whatever the fuck. And then, Living life. Back on the plane. Yeah, living life. And so uh, travel was like 
and that that was something that was interesting because when everything went down last summer and like I had this like I need to get out of town feeling like I don't want to mm-hmm. be here but nowhere is safe like literally racially unsafe pandemically unsafe we were like in a full blown <laughs> panini I'm like how do we feel well again there's no way so um, because of everything that was piling on us there was like nowhere to go and that's part of what made it so hard because you were just in your house in your house looking at your walls um but i think in normal times i really make myself like writing to me is almost like i think the reason why i i tend to be pretty consistent with it is because it almost is like therapy to me like don't get me wrong i go to therapy love therapy big big props for therapy but like i write to feel normal like i write to Hmm. like get to zero like the feeling of writing calms me down because i just have anxiety yeah and i unpack it you can unpack a lot of stuff so um when i don't write for long periods of time i start to get like kind of like frustrated yeah Um, it's your artistic outlet it's your outlet Mm -hmm. i mean i i get that from stand-up as well you know And, and they say that like I mean, I get it from stand-up. I get it from acting. You know, it, it, they're all different kind of... They talk about uh, flow is what they yeah. say. Yeah. Is that, you know, to... to You always have to. It's always very healthy for you, nervous system-wise, emotionally, mm-hmm. psychologically, to experience a state of flow. And that could be meditation. It could be writing. It could be dancing. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be swimming, playing the piano, whatever the heck that you want to do yeah. that gets you into that place, you know, is what you got to do. So, um, yeah, because, you know, even with your, your, you're talking about travel, you're like, oh, I love to travel, but you still talked about writing in the, in the, in, 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 in your story about travel, it was about how you write on the way there and on the way back. So I actually didn't get to hear about when you have traveled, when you go to a Mm -hmm. place, what is it that you are from a sensory perspective Mm-hmm. You know, like, what is it that you are looking to experience when you travel? Like, what do you go to a place to find? And it doesn't mean like, it mm-hmm. could be conceptual, like certain smells, you know, it could be something mm-hmm. like that, but it could be like, I like statues, you know, it could be whatever. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I actually, both, I like cities. Like I, I'm not much of a like go out in nature and go camping. Like, no, thank you. Um, appreciate people who like that, but I love a 400 thread count sheet. So I'm more of a city traveler, <laughs> um, but I like going to different cities, like, and feeling how they feel. Like, mm. you know, even though New York, London, Paris, Singapore, like they're, they're similar, but they all have, they feel different. Like I, I always feel like New York is the loudest of the three. London hmm. feels like it's to the left. Like, even though, like, literally the roads are going the other way, it just feels like a little left. And Paris is, like, hmm. the quietest of the loud cities. And even Singapore is, like, so orderly that it's almost, like, scary how orderly Yo, it is. Yo, I can't um, wait to get to Singapore. It's so amazing. It's beautiful. That's dope. It's it's really beautiful. I actually really like it because it's so safe, you know? But I, I, I get how living there would be hella impressive. But, like... For me as a traveler, I was like, this is fun. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I really like the feel of different cities. It almost feels mm. like you're in, like your clock is being reset by the rhythm of that city. Um, and then mm. I also love food. And like, you know, when you walk, 
I'm a big walker, even though LA is not a city of people who walk. I walk all over the place. Mm -hmm. Like it's my main point. Well, people will judge you just, if they see you walking in LA. Oh yeah. People will be like, where's she going? Like just staring. But like when you I used to, to live in Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. I, I want to use my feet. Um, but the cities have smells, and even though New York like smells like piss and not great, but when you walk <laughs> by restaurants, you're smelling like, oh, they're making carbonara there. Like, oh, there's this is a mm. pastry place. Like someone's making fresh bread. And I love like walking and smelling the smells that are food, mm. not not the rest of the city smells. It really and is you, like a sensory overload, yeah. but it, it's kind of like uh, what's that old wrestling thing, the uh, the grand the the SummerSlam. I think the it was like a WWE slam. thing where it was mm -hmm. like 50 wrestlers in the ring at once. That's what New York is like to my <laughs> nose. You never know. You're like, ooh, bread, and boom, a chair against the face. Yes. You're like, am I okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've been hit That's by the interesting. <laughs> so you, you are... Um, it sounds like you, you almost like think of a city musically. And, yeah. and like you're like you like to hear you want to feel what the city is like and you're talking about that that those smells and you know the the kind of the rhythm of how people move because mm -hmm. that was yeah. it was like it's loud and that one's going left <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> london feels so weird to me i i really like london but i haven't quite like anytime i go there i'm always kind of like uh -huh. like it does feel like rhythmically i'm i'm not quite in step with London, and I don't know why, but yeah. Well, where did you grow up again? Texas, Dallas. Right, Dallas, Texas. I mean, that's a pretty metropolitan city, but it's not like London. I feel like is like a weird stack, like everything is just stacked on top yeah. of everything else, and yeah. then they're driving still. And the, and there's like a uh, like you know they say like British people are not like very effusive emotionally. And even though that's true, I, I wouldn't say like there's a, I was going to say there's like a coldness, but I won't say it's a coldness. It's more like everyone is giving everyone their space. It's like, like nobody's like well, touching, colliding. It feels and when you've been to separate. England, you've been there as a, as a traveler. Do you know people there? Did you go like with people or did you visit somebody? Like, do you have family well, there or anything like that? Not family, but I, I've been there. I, 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 anytime I've gone, it's as a tourist, but sometimes I go like, with friends, sometimes I go to meet friends there. I have some friends mm. who live there. So sometimes I'm taken through by natives, if you will. <laughs> now that's a big thing because for me as a comic, the biggest thing yeah. with the United States is there's a difference between having a relationship with a club yeah. and having a relationship with a city. Mm -hmm. And that was mm -hmm. always the thing that that was big deal for me. It's like I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't care about that club. I want to know what Dallas is like. I want to mm -hmm. be shown Dallas by people who live and know Dallas. You know. Yeah. So it's like that's how I feel when I go to a place, and I feel like you know that's a very different experience than a, a touristy experience. And I'm I'm curious to you now. If we're gonna we're gonna you know we went to the census. Uh, how does how do you think or do you think these things kind of show up in your work or how do they, how do you think that they might inform your work? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I think, I think I'm a visual writer. Um, like I tend to, I, I mean, as a screenwriter, that's what you're called to do is write what you see. But I think even when I'm thinking of setting a scene, I'm thinking of how it looks and how it feels. 
Um, uh-huh. And so, and I'm thinking of rhythm. And it's so funny that you mentioned like almost like the rhythm of a city and coming at it almost like musically. Because I always am saying like in my first life, I was a musician because I was. I played the flute for like 12 years. And, mm. and, and I was a flautist. Um, and so big nerd, <laughs> big nerd, a band nerd. I was drum major of my high school marching band. Um, you also said flautist instead of flutist, so we I know. I did, yeah. I was fancy. That's right. You got to pronounce it fancy. Or you What's the serious. difference? $50 more an hour. I heard that in a that movie that Coppola directed. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And I will take that $50. But when, so I, I do sort of, I think maybe it's like a hangover from, or hangover? Holdover from my more musical days because I I love music and I used to dance and all of those things sort of are very sensory and it's like the feeling like how long the silence lasts is actually what makes music you know it's like filling that silence and so I do think very often when I come through cities and it is reflected in my writing that I feel like everything has a rhythm and sometimes Mm -hmm. I have a hard time explaining that like I'll be in a room setting and it's sort of like the rhythm of this is off and I don't know how to explain it because we all have different rhythms in our heads. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's another question. Like that's a that's a different thing when you're collaborating with people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And when you are kind of um participating in a collective vision. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're in a you know, you're an accomplished writer. So when you are on a show, you're not like at a staff position. So you're always mm-hmm. like somewhere where you are a person that people come to, you know, for <laughs> notes, feedbacks, re- rewrites, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, in that same, that same uh, tone, or I guess that same, what's the word? That same tone, that same forte. Let me I get like Sforza some... for you okay, for a split like second. Okay, I as well. <laughs> okay, Flouty. Um, <laughs> I love it. My nickname is Flouty. I yeah. love it. <laughs> What up, Flouty? Flouty Annie Obi. You guys know Flouty Annie Obi? <laughs> kind of has a ring to it. Oh, yeah, like exactly. It. <laughs> you know? Yeah, next time next time I see her, I'm going to bring her a pack of high C. Oh, um, I get it. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm, you got to mm-hmm. get them high I go for the musical puns. Okay. <laughs> musical puns are my forte. Oh, hey. Um, so ridiculous. Um, <laughs> have you thought about directing? Because... I think directing, because do, do you have a theater background? Am I wrong about this? Yeah, yeah, a bit of one, but I not. I wouldn't even call it a theater background, but I have been in a few plays, and I have directed a few plays. Were they in college or high school? <laughs> both, both. After college? Yes, I, I did a couple one-acts post-college, yeah. Well, there you go. Okay, so... I guess I'm thinking about like, you know, you're talking about writing visually and and rhythmically. And those are the two things that I think that you need to direct. Uh, It's funny you should say that, Barry. Because I am directing now. Yeah. She directing on the beat. Everybody needs to take a seat. It's not what you think. It's better than you thought. (laughs) I can't believe you actually freestyled. And you know what was the hardest thing, Amy, is that we're not on the same Wi-Fi. So I, you were like, like off to, to me, and I'm like, oh, okay, no. I gotta stay on because then later I'll cut this and it'll sound dope. <laughs> no, well, I we'll didn't do a good job. I did not do a good job. I missed, I missed the first rhyme. I said seat, and then 
fixed it. It didn't work. Anyway, um, I'm not a musician anymore. I love that you. I love that you just went like, okay, all right. Now it's time for the freestyle criticism. Um, <laughs> see, such a writer, such a writer. Um, so you are directing. Yeah, actually, I, I've I've been directing for a long. I directed like web series and a few short films, and I had a short film that I directed in 2019 that did the festival circuit and did pretty well, and I'm I was really proud of. And then fantastic, um, I, I just got brought on to direct on Insecure, so I'm going to be directing episode Hell yeah. seven of the final season. In fact, I directed my first two days this week. So oh, yeah, yeah, you heard oh, it here oh, first. Oh, oh. You uh, heard it here oh, first. Oh, oh. Oh, oh, this will this will come out probably after the show is uh, done. That's how long you it takes me my turnaround. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you heard, heard it here last. last. That's so damn funny. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, yeah, because I guess that like you know, I kind of consider myself a multi hyphenate, um, which is well, annoying no, but to are. most people. Yes, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but it does kind of like it gets in my way sometimes because it's like um, I it's very hard for me to separate those like when I need to just write. It's very yeah. hard for me to take my director head away mm-hmm. and just like not overwrite certain stage directions or certain visuals like I'm like, all right, let me just get the essence of it because but I also know what I think will work on screen. So that helps sometimes as well. Um, And I guess I'm curious as to what are the things that you thought you would have a hard time with that you, that aren't as hard as you thought. And then things that you thought, uh, things that you've kind of stumbled on that, that were not things that you thought, you know, knew to look out for. Um, I'll say that things that i thought would be harder and this is I don't know if this is shitty to say but I thought I needed to know more about like cameras and lenses and things and I when I see directors talk to their DPs with real credibility I'm like envious I wish I had that language like to be able to be Mm -hmm. like this needs to be on a 40 can we pop in a blah 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 like I I just don't have the language for it Mm -hmm. and that that's some of what made me take so long to like claim the title of director is because I don't hmm. have that language. But I realize now, like if you have a great DP and you have a good relationship with your DP, you can say what you want to see and they will provide the language to their crew. And so, mm-hmm. and that's something like, I, I do not, I do think I would be a stronger director if I had that language but I also am like, what am I going to do? Like, stop out of my career and go to school? Like, I don't know the fix. <laughs> so I'm just sort of it's, like... It's insane. That I think that that language is very easy to to learn because there there's mm-hmm. literally a limit to it. There are a certain mm-hmm. amount of lenses and there mm-hmm. are a certain amount of shots and mm-hmm. there are a certain amount of things that you can do with a camera when it comes to cranes and dollies and all these but other things. No. Because there's always new shit being invented. Like, I know. There's but a when new shit crane, is being there's invented, crane, there's a there's like there's other things. But all of that is only to service the story. Yeah. And sometimes I think when people get too caught up in the technicality, this should be on this kind of lens. That doesn't mean that that shot's going to serve the story. It might look good, and that's mm-hmm. my biggest thing. I feel like I'm seeing a lot of stuff that is shot 
that looks like what everything looks like. Mm. That's my biggest thing. Now, I'm uh, mm -hmm. picky where it's just sort of like one of the biggest things that I personally feel is missing some of these days is the what I would call the unity, you know, acting, mm. writing, directing. Sometimes yeah. you have really good acting, okay writing, okay directing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have really good writing, okay acting, really good directing, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then sometimes you get all three of them. I think we yeah. have to aim to get all three. Now, I think that it's one of those things, though, where you, the director or the producer or the showrunner, whoever the hell, has to create the language that everyone's going to use. Like everyone's got their own language. But, you know, if mm. you're like, I want everything to feel claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. that's going to mean something. You know what I mean? So when exactly. you're aiming towards that and you're with the DP and you're like, you said claustrophobic, what about this? And you're like, yeah, that feels horrible. Let's do that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Let's do that. You're like, yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm, I can't breathe. Perfect. Let's get them right. Yeah. You know, so it's, that's, that's the, that's the shit where I go like, yes, a DP is a professional who knows all of that language, Yeah. but they're, they're still there to serve you. You know what I mean? And yeah. you're still there to collaborate with them. Same and with, it's a partnership. You know, yeah. I, I yeah. think that's what I've really enjoyed is I, I, I mean, Insecure has great DPs. And so like we, yes. we're so lucky to get to partner um, with people who are real, really artistically minded and also really think about story. Um, and, and aren't afraid to try from, new shit. Yeah, exactly. So that has been really great. But on the other side, the thing that you were like, what is the thing that you thought you would do well with that has actually been harder than you thought? And mm -hmm. to me, it's, I make a shot list, like, and I draw overheads and everything. Like I've always done that, but I kind of halfway through my day quit looking at my shot list. Cause I was like, I'm going to feel it. No, I'm not. <laughs> I forgot a shot. <laughs> I was like, literally there's uh... a shot and I'm like, oh, I need to make sure to look because I guess as a writer, I'm just feeling it. And like mm -hmm. there are times where mm -hmm. I'm supporting the director and I'm remembering like, oh, this is a moment for this type of shot that you talked about in the town. Let me help you and support you and tell you to get it. You know, mm -hmm. I'm remembering it as a writer. So I just assumed when I was a director, I'd remember it, too. <laughs> no, you're thinking about way too many things. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. I, I made the shot list for a reason. You got to look at it. <laughs> and then there's a bunch of people who are whose job it is to help you remember that shit and support you. This is true, and they did not. But I don't blame them. I don't <laughs> well, if blame you didn't make them. it. It's okay. No, I did. I made the shot. Oh, okay, 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 okay. And I shared it. But also, that is still on me. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah. They were like, you can't be. Someone here. was just kind of like, you know, Zayn know what she's doing. Me? She's not following the Charlottes anymore. Man, she's just improvising. You know, she's the flautist. Yeah. Jazz, baby, is jazz. jazz notes. <laughs> exactly. It's about the shots you don't get. Um, <laughs> so dumb. Said no one ever. Oh my god! I really See, and this need, is really a, need to get that shot. <laughs> and I want to go deeper on theory with you too, because it's like you're talking about television. Mm -hmm. When you talk about because like shot lists are and and missing shots in television is not good. <laughs> yeah, is, you can't get you need, it. You yes, on, you need a lot of different angles. But yeah. in film, it's different. Even though yeah. I think a lot of film is shot like television today. I could get into mm. more detail about that shit. But, yeah, I actually would like to know. Yeah, what do you want to hear? <laughs> like, what do you mean What do you mean that film is shot like television today? So okay, well, <laughs> for, lack of, for lack of sounding shitty... 
<clears throat> I think that a lot of TV is shot for speed most of the time, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a lot of it to do. And oh my God, the fa- there's so much. There's so much to do. And that's why television is more, I think, uh, of a writer's domain than a director's domain. Directors mm-hmm. are guests. You know, mm-hmm. there's one director's directing an episode. There's another one doing prep. You know, there's another one scouting locations. There's another one editing yeah. the last episode. So the yeah. only consistency to the show are the it's writers. The writer. mm-hmm. You know, the especially the person that created the damn thing. Like, it's their job to execute their vision and make sure everyone does. Mm-hmm. So... In TV, though, because you're moving at this clip where you are writing these scripts and then it has to go through a process of getting vetted by 80 billion people before the actors even see it, mm-hmm. you know, and they're already shooting something, you know, that is the same character that they're going to play when they see the next script. Yeah. So there's all of these different things. It's like, and then you have and then this wardrobe and all of these things f- fly out. Because the scripts are always changing. There's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And you don't have the most time ever to get it done. Yeah. A movie is one script that usually everyone has read and agreed upon before the production started. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like you're already coming in with a script that hopefully hasn't changed too much. And if it has, everyone was aware. Like, no one's caught off guard by changes like happens in, in TV. Uh, uh, well, I'm not going to say that that's not true. It's just that that's, that happen. would be the intention. It would yeah, be the intention. Yeah, that would be the intention. I've had, like, I had a thing where I did where there, there was an important prop where they're like, oh, didn't come in time. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll just do it differently. And it, like, ended up being better. Like, I, had, mm-hmm. I was like, I need that one. I need that cattle prod. And it didn't come. I'm like, all right, well. Do it with maybe, the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Pick up that ukulele. <laughs> Um, now play somewhere over the rainbow Hawaiian style Um, you need a flute to do that uh oh okay just trying to insert flutes and everything over here (laughs) I guess the thing is that it is my estimation that the director of a pilot gets a producer credit because they're the person who invents the visual language for the rest of the series correct now the series visual language will evolve as the show evolves because people get to know what does and doesn't work. You're shooting in the same spaces, blah, blah, blah. But you are trying to execute something in a very consistent way that fits all together. The movie is the only thing. So I feel like sometimes that what happens is with the movie, you can be a lot more intentional, I think, with your shots, how you set things up and how long you want to take to do the thing. I bet you're right, but I if don't you know. have the money, yeah, because I'm kind of like these Netflix movies feel like TV shows to me. Like they're oh no, I'm like on, yeah. on with you on that. I feel like so many movies now don't have the budget, and so oh, it's like I you're think you can still do pressed. it. <laughs> yeah, and you're still, pre- but it's like we're gonna shoot it, and you have 17 days. You know, it's like. It's yeah. not like, oh, you got three months. And- well, that's the thing. It's like you, you have as much time to do it as you can, and it depends on your budget yeah. and what you agree to. I'm just saying that I think there are ways – well, at least there are ways to be more intentional with how you shoot a movie. And I think that, you know – I mean, obviously it depends on a bunch of external things. But mm-hmm. it's just – I'm talking about like in a hypothetical situation where you have all of the time and the space and the blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think the same thing can happen for TV, but again, there's so many moving parts, and I, I guess think, I just yeah, 
I think about within film, the mm -hmm. biggest thing that you can get that you do not get with television most of the time is that everyone will know what the hell they're doing when they get there. Like people will know. Well, I'll say that depends on the show because I think Insecure, we're making a movie every week. Like I, I don't think like, and also lots of cable shows where the scripts are written before you start shooting. Mm -hmm. Like all department heads come to the table read. And so it's like, and the script doesn't change. Our scripts don't change that much once we start shooting. Mm. It'll be like new pages for like a joke or like dialogue, but it's not like, and now it's in a hospital. Like it's like, it, it kind of doesn't change. And our crew is a film crew. Like we, mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. get more It's apparent days. by the way the show looks. Yeah. And we get more days than your average half hour comedy to shoot. Which is so, the sign of a successful show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's very, I'm like, yeah, it's like, we're not at, we're still pressed. Like, especially in the pandemic, it's nuts. Like we're, our days are 10 hours instead of 12, um, which feels like eight because of the logistics of keeping everyone safe, which is very important mm -hmm. and yet does naturally slow down the process. But I, I hear you. I think that, um, in an ideal world, more shows would be like cable shows where it's like the script is set and then you start shooting. But I guess well, but expensive. that's, again, I, I look at TV as like, because I think there's a lot more people who collaborate on a television show than will happen with a film in general. Yeah. You know, yeah, once, like it's because a film is like you have a certain set amount of time. And I guess I'm just thinking about also rehearsals. I, yeah, I really in my experience, rehearsals in TV. And, 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 I have a bunch of theories about that, but it's just kind of like when everyone knows exactly what they're saying and they've known it for too long, then I mean, they've known it for a long time. Mm -hmm. You have so much room to play with what that yeah. could mean. Yeah. And in a film, you know, like it's very easy to make. You can make a whole short film with one damn take if everybody knows their damn lines. Yeah. You know, some some sophisticated choreography and then it's done. But yeah. A TV show, you can do that. It just takes a shitload of time and there's other things to do. You know Completely. what I mean? Yeah. So this is, I mean, now we're getting into deep blah, 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 blah. And this is about the relationship between reality, you know, like mm -hmm. what you have time and money and budget and all that crap for. And yeah. flights of fanciful artsy theory. Right? <laughs> Which we also want to have time and money and budget for. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with that, can you tell me uh, a fanciful flight of artsful theory or or some uh, something that delights you in that place? Uh, artsy fartsy. What what artsy yes. fartiness delights Amy and Yobi? What artsy fartiness delights me? Um hmm, hmm. I'm like I really want to I'm like, uh, the laugh of a baby, uh, the wind on my cheek. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, but I'm really just like, what artsy fartiness delights me? Um, shapes of bottles for, for whiskey. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say. Whiskey I bottles, really, huh? I really love whiskey. And I like the uniqueness of how they are bottled. And I recently treated myself to Habiki, which is like really nice whiskey. And Ooh, the bottle looks like. Yeah, yes, and the bottle looks like, oh god, I, I, I don't know. It's just really pretty. It looks like art, um, with yeah. all the fragments like of the glass. It looks like a vase. It's like, and I'm like, oh, like 
somebody blew this glass or some machine yeah. blew this glass. And I'm like, this is so cool. And it's simple, but beautiful. And I'm like, oh yeah, I like to notice that in some ways, like design is a fancy thing. Design. That I don't know how to do, but I noticed it. I know nothing about, but I like it. Well, you know, they always say that like, it's always a good thing to like have habits or interests that have nothing to do with your discipline. Yeah. You know, like those things you would do if you weren't. So yeah. is design one of those things for you? No, I have no interest in doing it. I respect people who do. <laughs> yeah. No what interest, do you but have I interest in it. doing? If I, if I wasn't a writer, what would I be doing? Uh, I'd be like no, a, no, no. a kid. Oh. Well, no, go ahead. Answer that. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I'd be like a kid's dance teacher. I would love to <laughs> teach. I used to teach dance to kids when I was in college, and it was the funniest shit ever. Because all they want to do are like, Back then, TikTok didn't exist, but basically the equivalent of TikTok dances, like music mm-hmm. video dances. And I'm like, y'all, let's point our toes. And they're like, can we hump the floor? <laughs> like, <what? laughs> so I would love to wow. be a kid's, kid's dance teacher. They're so cute. Okay, yeah. so if I could challenge you to add something to your life that uh-huh. would be a thing that brings you joy and like some sort of new habit, hobby, activity that is just for you, you know, that, that you would add and just to your life and would and would uh, hopefully bring you some energy too what would that be more long walks i love a long walk so i would do more okay all right well i'm glad that that this is a uh a video for a dating service in 1993 Uh, (laughs) literally i love a long walk i can't help it okay jill scott you know the thing is (laughs) no 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 that's fantastic that's fantastic i got nothing wrong wrong with that me I'm interviewing you. Amy, mm. where can people... <laughs> no, music. Music. Music is a big thing for me. And I, I uh, will talk more about that some other personal time. Uh, is there anything you want to promote or anything like that? Uh, not really. Not right now. Uh, follow me on Twitter and TikTok. I started a TikTok and on Instagram at Aniobi. That's J-A-N is a Nancy I-O-B-I um, across all socials. And uh, yeah, that's it. I like right. to shoot the shit. Shoot the shit with Janayobi <laughs> on yes. the you socials. All right. Good to see you. You too, Baron. I miss you already. And I'll see you soon.